Sleep. It really can be your secret weapon when working towards a big change like starting a business or becoming a specialist freelancer. But it's not always easy to get good quality sleep when you need it. In this episode, I'm exploring how you can get the best sleep possible so you're rested and rejuvenated and have the energy, resilience and strength to make the changes you need to make sure your goals happen. And let me tell you, it's not about how much sleep you actually get. Are you ready to go? Great, then let's get started. I'm Nicola O'Hara, and I made the leap from a successful corporate career as a leader in learning, development and recruitment to launch my dream business and haven't looked back. Every week, we'll bring you step-by-step strategies, essential knowledge and tools, and share inspirational stories and practical tips so you are ready to take your leap to a career and life you love. This is the Powering Your Passion podcast. Hey, and welcome back to Powering Your Passion. I hope you're feeling really good today. If you're new here, I'm so glad you've chosen to join me because I know your time is precious. This podcast is about sharing strategies, tools and experiences to give you all the motivation, energy and focus you need to escape the nine to five rat race to become your own boss. So whether you dream of having your own business or have plans of becoming a freelance specialist or consultant, you're in the right place. In this episode, I want to talk about the importance of sleep. Because getting control of my sleep, more specifically the quality of my sleep, was really a game changer for me when I was working towards leaving my corporate job and starting my business. Why? Because until I was able to get the rest my body needed, I didn't have the brain power and energy to keep my day job on track whilst also doing all the things I needed to do to make my escape happen. I know there are probably lots of reasons why you might not be getting the quality sleep that you should. I get it. I know what it's like when you're in a corporate job or any job that requires you to work long hours to be seen as ambitious or productive or hungry for progression. The culture is based on more hours you do, the more committed you are. You tell yourself that it's just part of corporate world where you have long hours and commuting means you're late to bed and early to rise. You don't get enough sleep or, more importantly, enough quality sleep, so you feel tired or sometimes exhausted all of the time. After arriving home already late, you want and need some downtime in the evening after dinner and before bed to chat to friends and loved ones or watch TV or do some chores. And this means you're not in bed until late and then you have to get up early. So you never get enough hours of sleep and start the day tired even before you open the laptop. Add children into the mix or caring for a family member and you have yourself a recipe for exhaustion. And it's really a vicious circle that is pretty hard to get out of. Of course, the rise of flexible working has really helped with the commute issue. Flexible working can improve things in that you can have two or three days without commuting, which can give you more time for things and you can build better sleep hygiene. But depending how careful of boundaries you are, it can also make things worse. Because the expectation of how long you work is still there. And now you don't have a commute. Fantastic. But guess what? You have even more hours you can work. And because you want to prove you're working because people can't see you, you feel the need to always be at your computer, getting back to people, showing you're there, showing you're on the ball. 
then at the end of the day, it's far harder to switch off when you don't have the pressure of a commute to get you out of the door. There's always just one more thing to do before you log off. And of course, colleagues start to call you to catch up before you finish because they are all free of meetings and have time to talk. And you end up talking well beyond your plan finish time because you can't use the excuse of needing to leave or to board a train or to go into the underground to exit the call. It also means that it's harder to switch off mentally and you can take worries and thoughts about work into your evening and night, which will hugely affect the quality of your sleep. So you get what I'm saying, whether you work from the office or at home or have a flexible arrangement, it can be hard to get quality sleep. But in order to deal with all that comes with a nine to five job, be able to build the foundations of your new business and navigate your way out of the employee world to become your own boss, you need all the benefits that come from being well rested. So how can you break the cycle and get control of your sleep so you can achieve your goals? Before I go on, I have to say here that I'm not a sleep expert, but I'm really interested in the subject of sleep and its impact. I've done a lot of reading on it and everything I'm saying is based on my own experiences and observations, as well as having having listened to and read many books by specialists in the field. So the first thing you can do to break the cycle is to stop focusing on hours and find a routine that works. There's a huge emphasis in society on the number of hours of sleep you should have, with the thing about having eight hours as an optimum. But also we're told that when we're younger, you need to have more. And when you're older, you don't need as much. So it's really not a clear cut thing. So like anything, sleep is subjective and personal to you and your body's needs. So you have to find what is best for you, what makes you feel the most refreshed and ready for the day. Now, I know that I naturally sleep for an optimum of seven to 7.5 hours. If I get more than that or I allow myself to sleep in and get more than eight hours, I'll be a little bit groggy when I get up and I'll take longer to feel clear-headed. So how do I know what my optimum is? Well, simply from self-observation and you can do it too. On a night when you're not exhausted but are ready to sleep, allow yourself to sleep as long as you want without any alarm to wake you. See how long it is until you naturally wake up. You know, you might need to try this a few times to get an idea of the sleep window that's best for you but you should be able to hone it down to an approximate number. Once you know what wind of time your body needs to be well rested and rejuvenated, then you can aim to sleep for some time within that window. Yes, it's probably better to have more or less the same amount each night, but don't beat yourself up about it if you don't, because we all know that life gets in the way and it's not always possible to get all the shut eye that we want. According to Stephanie Romaszewski, an experienced consultant, sleep psychologist and UK Channel 4 sleep expert, instead of being fixated on a number of hours and having a set bedtime, the most important thing is to have a set wake-up time. So whatever time you've managed to get to bed, you should always get up at the same time. That routine is super important for the body to plan for the day. And that makes sense, right? If the body has a different start-up time each day, the brain can't plan for natural processes that are needed to keep us on track. Stephanie also says that having a clear morning wake-up routine will make all the difference. And that goes for weekends too. She says there is a big fallacy in the idea that slipping in on a weekend is a luxury because all it does is upset that routine we've worked all week to instill. The body has just got used to saying waking up at 7am and then we sleep until 9 or 10 and it doesn't know what's going on. It recalibrates and then we go back to 7am on Monday morning again and wonder why it feels so bad getting up. 
So whatever else you do to get a better night's sleep, you need to have a set wake up time and eventually you'll wake up at that time naturally and will feel so much better not being shocked out of sleep with an alarm. Steffi did say it doesn't mean you don't get to lie in ever again, that would be impossible, but stop seeing it as a luxury to have every weekend. Another bonus is just think how much time for fun you'd have if you got up that little bit earlier on a weekend. Next, it's all about the quality. If you've been thinking as I was talking about the weekend lions, oh, but I need to catch up on hours I missed during the week, I'm sorry to say it doesn't work like that. Once you've missed sleep hours, they are gone. The best way you can make up for lost sleep is aiming to have better quality sleep over the following nights. But what does quality sleep actually mean? According to the National Sleep Foundation, sleep quality is the measurement of how well you're sleeping. In other words, whether your sleep is restful and restorative. And it's made up of four factors. Sleep latency, so how quickly you fall asleep, which is ideally within 15 to 30 minutes. Sleep waking, which is how often you wake up during the night. If you wake up a lot, it disrupts your cycle and the quality of your sleep. Wakefulness. This is how long you spend awake once you've woken up during the night. Ideally, it should be less than 20 minutes. And then finally, sleep efficiency. The the amount of time you spend actually sleeping while in bed, which should be around 85%. So a good way to monitor your sleep quality is to get a Fitbit or a smartwatch, anything that measures sleep, which will show you when you fell asleep, how often you woke up and for how long you're awake. They can also show what cycles of sleep you've been through, like light sleep, rapid eye movement and deep sleep, all of which are equally important for your quality of sleep and health in general. In his book, Why We Sleep, sleep expert Professor Matthew Walker explains the workings of the body in relation to sleep and how you can prevent mental and physical illnesses by improving the amount of quality sleep. This book is fantastic if you want to have a deep dive into this topic and all of what I've just been talking about is included in that book. I binge listened to the audio version on Audible and it really woke me up to the fact that sorting out my sleep was not just about getting more energy, but improving my sleep hygiene would help massively towards my health in general. Okay, next up, set yourself up for success. The good news is it is possible to get better quality sleep. The whole process is controlled by habits. If you get the right habits in place, you'll be able to break the cycle and transform your relationship with sleep. But how do you do that? Well, you set yourself up for success by planning ahead and making it easier to stick to what you've committed to. So first, be be mindful about what you put into your body. Think about what you put in your body during the day, particularly later in the day, and how that may affect your sleep. Ideally, you want to eat before 7pm so your body has stopped digesting and can rest. But I know if you get in from work or stop work late, you can't avoid eating that bit later. But having something lighter at that point is going to be a lot better than having something heavy which is going to sit in your stomach like a stone as you sleep. Think about having your last coffee or any caffeinated drinks by midday. Sleep expert Matthew Walker says that caffeine has a massive effect on sleep, even if you don't drink in the evening. So this is a really difficult one for me because if you're a regular listener, you will know I love my coffee. I used to drink about five or six mugs a day, the last one being just before 6pm. So dropping back to having just two, maybe three on a busy day before lunch was hard, but I did really notice the difference in the amount of deep sleep I had. 
and just how rejuvenated I felt in the morning. If you're also a coffee lover, then I suggest you set an alert reminder on your phone or computer to say when to stop having caffeine. And maybe drop down to decaf in the afternoon as you transition. That's what I did. And eventually I actually stopped having the the decaf in the afternoon. But yeah, it's something you can use in between. Wine and other alcohol can also be bad for sleep, unfortunately. It makes you feel sleepy and ready for bed, but actually it's knocking you out rather than sending you to sleep. And you lose out on all the benefits of that really good quality sleep. So I'm not saying never drink alcohol at night, as I know for many people that would be very difficult. But try to leave it just for weekends and special occasions. Look into your own diet too, as there may be some foods that upset your sleep, but they will be very personal to you. You'll know when they do this because your stomach will feel upset or you'll feel restless in bed or if you'll have headaches or you'll have nightmares. And finally, make sure you drink plenty of water and don't go to bed thirsty. Your body needs to be well hydrated to do all it needs to do to get you ready for the day ahead. Then you need to create a sleep routine that you love. You have to get yourself in a really sleepy state that allows you to drop off within 15 to 30 minutes. Otherwise, you will just toss and turn and feel even worse because you can't get to sleep, even if you are physically in bed. We've all had that situation where you're lying in bed, wide awake, eyes wide open, trying to sleep and it's just not happening. So you have to go and do something to actually help you um, feel more sleepy. So what I do is I will read at that point because reading, your eyes get a bit sore and start to get to relax and then you go to sleep. Um, But you might have other things that will help you get to sleep. But don't lie there with your eyes wide open, just not being able to sleep. It's just not going to do you any good and it's going to stress you out. So 30 minutes before you aim to go to bed, start your pre-sleep routine to get yourself into that sleepy state. So dim the lights, put on, put the phone, laptop on tablets away, make a hot drink like herbal tea, some hot milk if you're allowed to have dairy. Take a bath if you enjoy them. Obviously don't if it's not you enjoy, but something that relaxes you. Read a book or a magazine and listen maybe to some chill out music. Ideally, all the screens will be off, including the TV. But if you really want to watch TV, get into your comfy PJs and watch something relaxing, heartwarming or fun like comedy. Because I know that studies have shown that actually watching comedy before you go to sleep puts you in a good mood and, and makes you happy while you're sleeping. But nothing too action packed or violent or even complicated in plot, so you're kind of thinking about it all night. You want to start feeling relaxed, your mind quiet, and your eyelids to start to droop, so you know when you get into bed, you will drop into sleep fairly easily. And this routine shouldn't be a chore. It should be something you look forward to at the end of the day, some me time, or if you have a partner, some time together to chat and wind down. You also need to get rid of distractions. In other words, to make sure you don't fall into bad habits, make it easier to do what's best for yourself. Get rid of things that could distract you from your plan to have a good night's quality sleep. Productivity guru Nir Eyal calls this hacking back external triggers in his book, Indistractable. He gives the example of putting a timer on his internet router so that after 10pm there was no internet, which meant he and his wife, who would usually be on their phones at that time, had more time together. Yes, he could turn it back on, but to do that, he had to make a conscious effort to go back to it and climb under the desk and pull the thing out. And that time allowed him to think, do I really need this on now? Could what I wanted to do wait until morning? And why did I set this up in the first place? What was the reason? 
which was enough to disrupt his need to have the internet on and realise other things were more important. So what other things could you do to help you with your get into this, this sleep mode? Well, you can have lights on time to dinner, dimmers, so they just go down automatically, making sure that you realise now's the time to start your sleep routine. Have no TVs or electric devices in your bedroom so you're not tempted to use them. And maybe make sure that you have no alcohol in the house. Or if that's not possible, do what I did and just put post-it notes on them saying, don't do it or remember your sleep on the bottles. But just maybe pause long enough to decide if it was worth it or not having the wine if it meant I couldn't sleep well. Sometimes you don't even want the wine or chocolate or coffee or ice cream, whatever it is you're reaching for. It's just a habit you have of finishing work on your chores for the day and reaching for, the, for that thing. So find ways of making it easier for yourself not to give in to things that will negatively affect your sleep quality. Putting effort into changing and improving my sleep quality was life-changing. I had so much more energy and was far more creative in the morning and throughout the day and felt far more able to cope with the work of my day job and my, my business as, as I was growing it. I was still arriving and leaving at my house at the same time, with a few new evening habits in place at the end of the day, I made the most of the time I had to relax and optimise the time I was asleep. I'm not saying it happens overnight, or that I stick to it all the time, but overall it really was a game changer. The bottom line is, if you are serious about leaving your day job and starting your own business, or becoming a freelancer, you will need to be energised, clear thinking, focused and alert. And to do that, you need to be well rested. So before you tackle anything, find sleep routine that works for you and change your habits to make it work. Okay, that's it for this episode. Thanks uh, for listening. If you miss anything, want to read the key points or find any of the books or links I mentioned, take a look at my show notes. The link is in the show description wherever you're listening to this podcast. And remember, you deserve to live your passion. So go for it. This is your time. Thank you so much for listening. And if you'd like to listen to more episodes, follow or subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Google or Stitcher, or go to my website, nicolohara.com forward slash podcast.